I always knew we were a fairly odd family. First, there was me. Too tall, too skinny, too orange. My mom was lovely, but not like other moms. There was something solid about her. Something rectangular, busy, and unsentimental. Her fashion icon was the queen. Dad, well, he was more normal. He always seemed to have time on his hands. After giving up teaching university students on his 50th birthday, he was eternally available for a leisurely chat or to let me win at table tennis. And then there was my mom's brother, Uncle Desmond, always impeccably dressed. He spent the days just, well, being Uncle Desmond. He was the most charming and least clever man you could ever meet. His mind was on other things, though we never found out what. And then finally there was Catherine, Katie, Kit Kat, my sister. In a household of sensible jackets and haircuts, there was this, well, what can I call her? Nature thing. With her elfin eyes, her purple t-shirts, and her eternally bare feet. She was then, and still is to me, about the most wonderful thing in the world. All in all, it was a pretty good childhood. Full of repeated rhythms and patterns. By the time I was 21, we were still having tea on the beach every single day, skimming stones and eating sandwiches, summer and winter, no matter what the weather, and every Friday night, a film, no matter what the weather, and then, once a year, the dreaded New Year's Eve party. Hello and welcome to Raise a Glass, the podcast where we raise a glass to the storytellers and stories that shape us. I am Hunter Danson. And I am Eric Montella. And today we have a very fun movie to talk about uh, mm. that Eric shared with me and I am very glad that he did called About Time. About Time. I love it so much. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> we won't make the very obvious, uh, dad joke puns because we already did that on the phone. That was embarrassing. We were talking about it. It's about time. <laughs> it's about time that we, yeah. Was, um, yeah. simultaneously, in fact, it was, yeah, it was, so a we're going to skip over that and I'm going to ask Eric, what's in your glass? Hunter, today I am bringing to us a Saranac blueberry blonde ale. Um, Al with blueberry juice and natural flavor added. Wow. Just picked it up today at Aldi. It's pretty good. It's, I really like Saranac beer. Love blueberry mm. owls. And our blueberries in the backyard are probably less than a, maybe a week or two away from being fully ripe. Mm. And so I felt like it was a, an appropriate timing for it. Yeah. Um, it was actually around this time last year that I went with my wife's family to Maine and we had so many wild blueberries and lobster and maybe it was August, I don't know. But that's what I got. How about you, Hunter? What is in your glass? Uh well, I also have an Aldi beverage. Uh but I I was my stomach was feeling a little weird, so I have some um I think it's called berry nirvana. Kombucha. Okay. Uh, yeah. You can get everything at Aldi. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, Do kombucha, you like kombucha? No. Yeah. 
Pretty good would be the best I could ever give to anything from kombucha. I like kombucha. I don't love carbonation. And like Hmm. kombucha like is like the feeling of carbonation to me. Without, I don't know. Makes sense. Beer's carbonated. Yeah, but I like beer. (laughs) I don't like IPAs though because of the carbonation and like the the taste along with it. Hmm. Um, well, what are you raising your uh, blueberry carbonated beverage? Uh, Whatever we're pouring out for this week. <laughs> um, uh, there's it's been a while since we've had an episode, so there's a lot of things to raise a glass to. Um, because of this episode, I'm talking about about time, I think it'd be a miss for me to not make it just so clear that I love my wife and I'm just going to raise a glass to her. This movie, it it's, it's like our movie in many ways. Um, and, um, yeah, so I'm raising a glass to Melanie. Um, we, we are pregnant with our second child. Um, Ooh. we're expecting a daughter in November, which we're so excited about. <laughs> And so I know she's the one doing most of the work right now. So uh, <laughs> in fact, maybe all of it, but um, and she's also working full time. She's amazing. She's just the coolest person I know by far, like far outweighs like anybody else I know as far as coolness um, and amazingness, amazingness. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I, I can't talk about about time without thinking about her. So um We've never dedicated an episode, but in my mind, this episode is dedicated to you, Melanie. I love you. (laughs) What are you pouring out for? Um, I am pouring one out for a continually moving wasp nest and hornet nest, actually. So I've got, we've had sometimes have had wasps in our living room, like since we moved into this house. I've taped over multiple possible openings. Whenever it gets warm or gets cold in that season shift, there's wasps. I have been stung inside of my house. Mm. And I probably killed 15 wasps in my house. Um, But the other day, found hornets of some sort um, going into one of our railings. And so I sprayed it today. But I don't think they're actually there anymore. And so um, definitely pouring one out for wasps and hornets. Um, I love bees. I love bees. I love honeybees, especially not just because of what they do for our planet and what they do for my tummy, um, but because of my garden. Um, and they're just, bees are very kind and gentle. Um, yeah. Wasps and hornets are jerks and not a fan. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're, they're like uh, investment bankers. They, you know, ride on the profits of everyone else. <clears throat> mm. Mm. That's what I think of wasps as. But uh, we have lots of bumblebees. Okay. I like bumblebees too. Yeah. I feel like sometimes my goal is to be a bumblebee and just kind of meander my way through life. Um, Mm. Just, you know, bump into things and just turn a different direction because you bumped into a thing. Uh, Hunter, how about you? What are you raising a glass and pouring one out for this week? Uh, Well, this is a bit late because... It's way past July 4th, uh, but I am raising a glass to George Washington, uh, first president 
I know he is, he's a venerated figure. Um, and I know he, he was also a slave owner. Um, but I am raising a glass because he decided to step down and set the precedent that presidents should not hold Mm. office for more than eight years. And also to his farewell address. And I, I usually reread his farewell address, uh, Mm. every on his birthday. Um, this year I missed it on his birthday. I slacked a little bit. So I went and read it on his, on July 4th. Um, and I'm just going to share one quote, uh, because I find that it is, uh, pretty much every time I read it is real. I find something relevant. Um, and here is one quote, the alternate domination of one faction over another sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension which in different ages and countries has perpetrated the most horrid enormities is itself a frightful despotism. But this leads at length to a more formal and permanent despotism. The disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual, and sooner or later the chief of some prevailing faction, more able or more fortunate than his competitors, turns this disposition to the purposes of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. We don't talk like that anymore. Can you tell me what it is specifically that stood out to you this time in reading it? Well, well, he's talking about the alternate domination of one faction over another, um, which this this whole paragraph comes in a section where he's talking about the spirit of party factions mm. um, and that this sort of flip-flopping that happens where one faction wants to dominate the other one back and forth uh, and and take revenge on the other one back and forth is itself a despotism um, because of a, you know the flip-flopping and the uh, disorders and miseries and how that can be taken advantage of. And then um, later on, he talks about how that, you know, party spirit is kind of natural to a democracy in a certain sense, but it, it should be closely watched uh, because, um, you know, it can quickly burst into a flame that kind of uh, consumes everything. He calls it a fire not to be quenched. Uh, it demands a uniform vigilance to prevent its bursting into flame, lest instead of warming, it should consume. And I feel like that's kind of relevant to our two-party system <laughs> today. Do you think he wouldn't be a fan? Probably not. Saying. He yeah. wasn't a fan way back when. He didn't. He didn't like parties uh, when they were forming the Federalists and the. Uh, Democratic Republicans, he hated that. Um, so, yeah. just to, despotism <laughs> is an oppressive absolute power and authority exerted by government. I had to look that up. So, mm. that's what despotism means. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've read it a, a few times, so I've looked up all of the words that I needed to <laughs> previously. <laughs> Gets better every time I read it. <laughs> wow, it starts to make sense. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Hunter. Yeah. Uh, and so, are you pouring one out then to our two-party system or something else? Oh, constantly. Um, this <laughs> week... <laughs> I'm, this week, I'm also pouring one out for plumbing. Oh. Uh, it, I, I had a plumbing mishap that I caused myself in order to fix something else. And then I had to fix that, and uh, there was water everywhere. And <laughs> it's all right nice now, time. but p- plumbing is just awful. It's, it's, uh. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, it's like coding the, like the, the amount of frustration that you can feel trying to mm. code an algorithm or something. Plumbing is like that. It's just something should work and it doesn't work. And you just keep trying and water's <laughs> going everywhere. And it's like trying to code while someone's pouring water on your keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I'm also still laughing that when uh, you're, you're responsive constantly, you're constantly oh. pouring, <laughs> pouring one out for a two party system. Yep. I mean, uh, every time great. I think about it. Mm. <clears throat> I learned completely ran- randomly through a, a subscription box recently that Belgian Belgium has is gone like, the longest of any country without a formal government. Um, really? But in, starting in 2020, it took them over 600 days or almost or just over 600 days to put together their next government because they had too many parties. Oh, Nobody had an, even a plurality of votes. Hmm. Like, yeah. Well, I guess maybe there was a plurality, but like people were like 15 to 20%. There were so many different, Parties. It took them over six hundred days wow. during COVID to put a government together. Like, man, why wasn't that on the news? So, hmm. not that I think our system's perfect, because I do not. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that is. Let's use that as a great transition. <laughs> about time we changed topics oh yeah uh, I wish we could go back in time and make a smoother transition <laughs> maybe we did maybe this is already the second attempt um, maybe so for those viewers of you who, uh, viewers out there or, or listeners I guess people don't view this for those listeners uh, who have not watched about time um couple of these jokes are fully related to that movie. Um, so the premise of about time um, is a regular everyday British redhead um, finds out just after his 21st birthday from his dad, that all of the men in his family can travel back in time in their own time stream. And he uses this ability to, fall in love and help uh, Rachel McAdams fall in love with him. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a coercive, at least it doesn't come across as coercive. Maybe we can talk about that. 
if it, if it comes up. Um, but it is a movie that then it's, it's kind of built, build as a rom-com. Um, and that's what it feels like at the beginning. Um, but as it goes on, um, you see their love blossom and then their lives change. Um, and their family grow and undergo hardships and joys. It transcends the rom-com. I really want to say that. I'm really sad that you said it. Um, <laughs> but because I, I feel like that's the most pretentious thing that you could say. But it also feels really accurate to this movie, which is one <laughs> of the reasons why I brought it to us. Yeah. Um, let me share one other reason, like kind of the how it shaped me. And then I want to hear your thoughts, Hunter. Um, so this movie, um, I honestly don't remember the first time I saw it. Um, I'm fairly certain I saw it with Melanie. Um, it is neither Melanie's nor my favorite movie, but it is probably in both of our top three or top five. So it is our combined favorite movie. Mm. Like it's, it's, so high in both of our lists that like there probably isn't another movie that's higher the combined score. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a movie that I know it, it came out before we were ever together. Um, but we've just seen it so many times. It is the only movie that we own a digital copy of. Um, it feels like everyday life. And every time I watch it, I interact with a different part of it. Like something else comes out. Like it's, we're pregnant with a second. And so there's an aspect of like in this movie that happens at one point. And there's a joy and a challenge that comes in that moment. And then, yeah. Um, I'm trying to do a little bit of spoiler free. I know we're going to dive right into spoilers pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will also say that this is a, a movie that is rated R. Um, it is not a movie that I ever think about as being rated R. If it came out today, it would 100% be PG-13. Um, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple scenes that are less appropriate. Um, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend you know having your kids watch it with you. But it is a very heartfelt and very inappropriate, no, very appropriate uh, not inappropriate, very appropriate movie that somehow has a rating that just doesn't reflect our current movie rating systems. Yeah. it. I remember, uh, have you ever seen the movie Nomadland? No, but um, I've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, there's one scene in that where someone is nude and, the, and the, she's just like floating in a river and it's kind of like zoomed out. But because of that scene, they rated it R. Even if, even though there's like no other, there's no violence, there's no like sexual scenes in the movie. Um, so for whatever reason, I think they just rate like even partial nudity, like R, yeah. instant R. I don't, I don't know, but I, it didn't strike me as R. It's uh, a really fun movie. Um, but <clears throat> that's enough for me. Um, is there anything that I missed in my general summary of it that you want to correct? Um, and if not, do you, can I, I would love to hear your first thoughts having watched uh, it for the first time a couple a week or two ago. 
No, I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, I, I will say um, the main character is from a pretty well-off family, uh, a little more than average, I think. Like just their house is amazing, um, which is not like it adds to the movie because it's a great setting. Just this beautiful house, beautiful beach and everything. Um, but he's not, you know, like I feel like the average person is. He's a little bit higher. on the. But he is about as average of a person you could find. Yes, he is. A, he is a very average person himself. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he's also he's General Hux, the, the actor. Yes. What is um, what is this actor's name? I I don't have. Uh, Dominon Gleason. He is such an amazing actor. He does such a good job leading this film. Um, and his dad is played by none other than Bill Nye. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> It's Bill Nye. It's Bill Nye. Um, <clears throat> maybe that was, was that an inside joke or was that one we had in that episode? Yeah, it's a sound bite that I cut. Okay, um, good. I'm glad you did that. Um, <laughs> feel free to leave that out. I don't know whatever you want to do. Um, uh, I feel like we kind of got off topic. A Margot bit. Robbie is also in this movie. She's. Oh, that's Margot Robbie? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's um, Dodgy Jay's cousin? Is Margot Robbie? Yeah, Margot Robbie is the first person that Tim, uh, played by Domino Gleason, tries it thinks that he's in love is in love with yes. and okay. tries to get to love ah, him, okay. but doesn't work out. And then he meets Rachel McAdams' character, uh, Mary. So, Hunter, what was your response to this movie? I obviously loved it. You knew I loved it. Um, but you had never seen this and you actually watched this with your wife. Um, I did. Yeah. I think not too, not too long ago. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really funny, especially in the beginning. Um, Domino Gleason plays awkward really well. So, awkward. Um, <laughs> so socially awkward. Uh, and then it, which is funny by itself. Uh, and then, um, the part where Bill Nye is explaining that they can time travel is so <laughs> hilarious. It's also just like a really brilliant way to do exposition um, because you don't even notice that they're just explaining everything in the movie and how the movie works because it's so funny and it's Bill Nye. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's so great. And the first time he's just like, Oh, you're, you're just totally joking. You're just, having one over on me and then he goes down into a closet and goes back in time to this Christmas party. Um, Is this a good point where we should pause and just share the time traveling like ability, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if I remember correctly, they can, they can time travel back in time and the way it works is they have to be alone. So like in a closet or somewhere where no one, they have to have a bathroom in a pinch. Yeah. Right. And then they yeah, close their eyes and focus really hard and think about a moment and clench their fists. And it, there's this little sound and then they go back in time. A little rumble, a little tumble and there they are. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll find themselves in like the same closet this, like, or the same space. 
right. or you know, wherever it was within their own time stream. Yeah. Um, and then after they're done with the thing, they can go back to their present day. And yeah. when they go back, they go back to the age they were, mm-hmm. um, which is a really important thing to note. Yeah. Um, and nobody else knows about it. There yeah, is a blue. scene where um, the primary character um, invites his, like, has his sister join him. Like they hold hands, but it's ultimately undone. So nobody except the men in this family yeah. have the ability and know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their wives don't know. And as a viewer, it doesn't feel inappropriate either. At least. No, it's it. They're so nice. Bill Nye and Tim Lake are so nice that uh, you know it doesn't doesn't really bo- didn't bother me. It didn't bother my wife. Uh, um, it, they do mention like uh, they just have this talk, and Bill Nye's like, "So, what are you gonna do with it? You know, what do you want?" And, he's like, and, and Tim's like, I, "I don't know. I mean, I feel like you could make a lot of money. It's like something that affect." And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, you don't want to do that. Look what happened to your uncle, whatever." Um, what happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I, nothing <laughs> yeah. he died a miserable old man i've never met a genuinely happy rich person hmm. that's the quote it's oh yeah it's hilarious <laughs> yeah uh bill nye uses it to read which instant points for me and my wife he's just I like think books, you and books, your books, wife books. would would have done that like i read yeah. all the classics no. twice dickens of three course. times yes Learned Latin and read Augustine in Latin. Um, would have taken a lot of tries to do that, but uh, that's that's the dream for me. Read the Iliad in Greek. Oh. Okay, so so you're getting into a, a question I want to ask down the line. We didn't actually answer the primary question I asked. <laughs> what was your first experience of this movie? I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, because you get halfway through and um, I guess this is starting to get into spoiler Let's territory. So spoiler alert. I, I don't ooh, think ooh. it's really ruined by it. Um, but if, if you're that mm-hmm. upset about spoilers then go watch it, like it's it surprises so me fun. every single time I watch this movie. Yeah. And I have seen this movie. Many, many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, halfway through the movie, you know, he, he's married to Rachel McAdams. Like, there's no real big conflicts. Um, and I was like, so what's what's going to happen now? Like, what's the big conflict? There is sort of a conflict that they introduce. and But then it's about his dad. Because uh, there's a stop point where if you go back, if you time traveled to before your kids were born and you change something, uh, you have a different kid if you go back. Because there is a certain, you know, the factors that influence who your kid is, you know, which specific sperm, which moment (laughs) <laughs> it happens um changes who your kid is so he finds this out because he tries to save his sister who gets Ugh. in a car accident um 
she has this really bad boyfriend. Um, she doesn't really, die. She just gets a really she, bad car. Yeah. Um, so he goes back to try and prevent that relationship from happening, um, which is before he has his first child. Uh, and he does prevent it from happening. And she gets in a relationship with someone else who's much better for her. Doesn't get in a car crash, but he goes back to the same moment and he has a different child. Who he doesn't um, remember. He, he doesn't remember and he doesn't, he doesn't know. know. Uh, and he's just like, he sees, he, he goes back and he's like, where's my really great, he's, he misses his little girl and it's mm-hmm. it's a little boy. Um, and, and Kim and I were like, and then he goes back and undoes changing his, where, his sister's car crash and kim and i were both like i mean fair (laughs) yeah um i I mean it's a real moral dilemma and like but at the end of the day like you know you're speaking for myself my kids are little miracles um that i can't i can't do another kid right yeah Um, why would you want a kid who's not your kid i'm not saying they yeah so it it becomes about his dad because uh his his dad dies and he's able to visit his dad back in time but um it gets to the point where he's going to have another his wife wants to have another child and so he won't be able to go back to visit his dad and like the scene the last scene with his dad just made me cry mm. Um, it, it was just like they they go back in time to like when he was twelve or something and like frolic on the beach. Stop uh, giving away the best parts of this whole conversation, okay? <laughs> I just wanted to know what your first experience was okay. of this movie. Not tell me the entire movie. Ah. Well, I loved it. That's all. <laughs> Did, did your wife enjoy it? Did Kim enjoy the movie as well? Yes. Yes, she did. She really loved it. Is um, it something that you feel like you would rewatch? I guess is it? I yeah, I would absolutely rewatch it. Um the rewatchability of this movie is very high. Yes. It is very yeah. fun to rewatch because even if you know everything that's gonna happen, it's still every time every time I watch it, I like forget while I'm watching it that there is a second act to this movie. Mm-hmm. That the rom com ends and the life begins, and that's what this movie does. That's just different from any romantic comedy or any soapy, you know, tearful movie you're gonna watch. Is yeah. it? It starts with this like, oh, it's all about this guy getting this girl, and like he's gonna do whatever you know he can to, to get her, and you're like, oh, he's gonna make a decision, and he's gonna end up, you know. You know, sleeping with this person, but then undoing it, whatever, you know, all these things. And and he doesn't. And then you're like, oh, they're together. Like, it's done. And then it becomes just a movie about living. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's, it's, it's about time. It's about time spent together and about not having enough of it and about living each day fully. And... And that there's a question I had in that Hunter that you've already kind of answered, but I, I would actually I, I or you've you've alluded to. Um, there's two 
primary love stories, I think, that happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's um, Tim and what is the name of Rachel McAdams' character? Um, Mary. Mary. Tim and Mary. Um, and then there's Tim and his father, played by Bill Nye, um, who I also, I'm so bad at names, it's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> there's their, their relationship. Um, which one struck you? Uh, it was probably the father son one. Um, I mean, the Rachel McAdams is, is amazing. Um, like the, the scene where she is revealed, um, Kim and I were both like, Oh, she's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, because, uh, they meet in a bar. Right. Do, do you want to share this scene? Go I feel for like it. I've no, taken all the scenes. No, I don't this, want is, to this is so, <laughs> so this movie might sound more convoluted the way we're describing it. Um, it is not a hard movie to follow. At least I don't think so. No, um, it's very, very watchable. And so the first time they meet each other, Tim is going with his dodgy friend, Jay to this London um, restaurant where you meet you meet another you know, somebody in complete blackness. So they're eating dinner together, sitting across from different people, and, and Dodgy Jay is, is sitting next to Mary, played by Richard McAdams' best friend, um, who's she calls a a uh, She's basically a prostitute. That's what her friend says. He's a really, really like a fun character. Um, hmm. And then Tim is sitting across from Mary. And like, you get to hear both their conversations happen throughout this space, but it's completely black. So you've got no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, they get, make the decision about whether they want to like meet each other and go on a date. And they say, yes. And so he gets her number and he says that, you know, I thought this, this phone was crap. Um, but it has suddenly become the most prized possession I own. Um, and, and then something happens with the person he's staying with, who's a playwright. Um, his show just the colossal failure because the lead what actor. horrible actors. <laughs> forgot All his of line. the actors. Yeah. No, he, he, goes, he goes back in time to help the playwright. Because the the lead actor forgets his line and ruins the whole play that, that the playwright wrote. Like it's not gonna be masterpiece was it's not gonna be masterpiece was revealed. It's gonna be, you know, famous actor gets all times. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> uh, colorful character that you really like but also don't like at the same time. This is the playwright. Yeah. But yeah, it he he gets Tim gets the main actor to remember the lines, and then a different actor forgets his lines. <laughs> So he has to go back again and help two actors remember their lines. It's just like one line. Like, like we waited in silence for 20 minutes for this actor <laughs> to remember one single line. It's like the Titanic, but no one survived. No women, right. no children, not even Kate Winslet. <laughs> Yeah, I may may know this movie too well. Um, <laughs> so, because he goes back and saves the play, he no longer went on the date 
with Rachel McAdams. And so he no longer has her phone number. And so he has to figure out a way to meet her again. And so the first, you know, 30 minutes, he's like trying to figure out how to meet her again. And he remembers that her favorite artist was Kate. Kate. I don't remember. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, And so there's an exhibit. He sees that there's an exhibit going on um, of her, her work uh, at one of the museums. And so he goes there and the song, um, what is the name of the song that comes on? Um, Friday, I'm in love. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday. I'm in love. And he's like, sits there for day after day after day after day until he sees her. <laughs> so he sees Rachel McAdams. Um, and Mary no longer knows who he is. And so he sees her and he's like, and he's sitting there with his sister there at that point. And she's like, go, go talk with him. And he goes up and tries to talk with her. And it just crashed, like cra- train crash, because he acts like he, they know each other because they do, but they never actually met in this time stream. And yeah, he like, like pokes her. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is, it's so funny. And yeah. The, a lot was, of the gags, sorry, <laughs> that are that are great are just Domino Gleason just being a total doof. And then just being like, <laughs> Hang on, can you just excuse me a minute? <laughs> yeah. And then go ahead and redoing them. Yeah, you hear this. <laughs> um, so, but it's also really fun, the ones that he doesn't redo. Um, so he re- yeah. doesn't redo that scene until later on. So, the, okay. And they end up getting getting together. And it's like very clear that no matter what happened, like he, he finds out very early on um, that the ability to time travel can't make anybody fall in love with you. Um, because um, his dodgy friend Jay's cousin was over for the summer once, staying with his sister, played by Margot Robbie, and he falls in love with her. It's his first love, and she's not at all interested in him. Um, and he tries to like go back in time to like re make her fall in love with him. It just doesn't work. Um, and so, like, it's very clear throughout this that Rachel McAdams like loves him as much as he loves. Mary and that Mary and Tim are, are to be together. Um, it is also, this is a very kind of weird right turn. This is the only movie that I've seen that leans into having two characters with the same name. So Mary is both the name of Rich McAdams character and of Tim's mom in the movie. And it is a running joke like four or five times in their first meets together that he says, Mary, Oh, that's my mother's name. It's like, so you knew, so I look like your mother. No, no, no. And at one point he's asked to describe his mother. It's like, right in the very beginning of the movie, he describes his mother as very rectangular, (laughs) (laughs) rectangular, very sturdy. Um, uh, I'm probably getting real. Real sidetrack. So, so for me, I think the first few times I watched this movie, what I loved was the the relationship between Tim and Mary. Um, but as I'm watching it more and more, I think the more powerful relationship in this movie is between Tim and his dad. 
because they share something that nobody else does. And it's found out that Tim's dad has cancer and he's known for years and years and years. And he went back in time and had it diagnosed as early as possible and retired from being a professor at a very young age, right? At the age of 50. So he could just be with his family. Um, and I think he would probably live for what, 15, 10, 15 years after that, um, that age. Um, and he's just there and they just, they just spend so much time together. And one of the, there, there are two spaces where they really interact. He interacts with his dad. The first is his dad's study where he'll just like go and, and he'll sit and they'll just talk to each other. And like, his dad will read him some quotes. Yeah. And, you know, and they'll share it just an intimate moment. Um, and the other is, um, uh, in the ping pong room, <laughs> um, where they, they go back and forth playing ping pong in probably three different scenes. They're playing ping pong against each other. And mm -hmm. that is the space where Tim says goodbye to his dad. Mm -hmm. Because his next child's about to be born, as Hunter was sharing earlier. And he can't go back in time again to change anything because then he'll have a different child. And so it's what, at least probably a year after everybody else says goodbye. It's like, even yeah. during the dad's funeral, which happens in this movie, Tim goes back in time, like right before he says, excuse me, like before they, they leave um, to, to, to go to the funeral. Um, he goes into the room and, and you know, goes back in time and just enters his dad's study. And it's just sitting there with him as his dad's reading quotes from whatever it might be. Um, and it's just a really the the humor with which like Tim, you know, and his actor like portray the character, you would think could make him very easily one dimensional. Mm -hmm. But he's also just he can hold him his own in these more in intense and intimate moments. And Bill Nye is so good at that. And it's just, and it culminates in probably the most like heartfelt moment of the entire movie where the last thing that Tim and his dad do together before like he's like a gone from Tim's life um, is they recreate to like the last, you know, piece, um, a moment from Tim's childhood where they ran down the beach and skipped rocks and played and had fun when he was what, 10 and you know, maybe eight, nine, 10. And it is, it's got the, the about time theme that goes on it. And it's just, it's joy. It's joy. And it is sadness and it's just celebration of life. And anyone who is, has a son, I think it'd be pretty impossible to keep your eyes dry during that scene. Yeah. I just beam when I get to that scene now. I just can't stop myself from smiling for, you know, the entire rest of the movie really. Um, Hunter, there is also an amazing soundtrack in this movie. Did you notice mm -hmm. that when you were listening to it? I I wasn't 
paying super close attention to the soundtrack. I know that it was good that like it enhanced the movie and fit everything really well. I didn't pay particular attention, but I recommend you check it out. Um, on, you can get see it on Spotify. Like the movie opens up with like the luckiest by Ben folds. Like that is the music playing in the background. And it, it's a lot of the music is just contemporary music. Um, but the, it just, it accents the movie time after time again. And it like, there's the whole, there's an entire montage scene where they're, um, where Tim is moving in with Mary and then they're going to work and like the relationships moving onwards. Um, and that whole scene is them walking into and out of the same train station um, over the course of months. And, mm-hmm. um, Oh yeah, that was a, that was an amazing how long will bit I of, love uh, movie magic, like skipping time. Uh, it's just like seamless uh, transition. There are so many things that this movie does that can dive into. I, I don't know if the, if like we were trying to be really, really nitpicky, I don't think the time travel bit would hold up all that much, but it's, it's, it's really only used as a way of like adding like a curveball to the relationship mm-hmm. and to like, I think probably to get people into the theater more than anything else. Oh, it's another time travel movie with Rachel McAdams. Uh, <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. what's going to happen here? Yeah, it's it like the uh, the bit where like the whole thing where they can't go back before their kids is like, well, how did he go back to when he was 12 um, and not change his I guess if they had, they did everything exactly the same. And they say that in the movie, <laughs> like if we don't change yeah. a single thing, it should be okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, you know me, I like to nitpick, Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't care. Like this, this movie is not hard science fiction movie uh, and it's not trying to be. And, you know, I think that the time travel mechanic really enhances it and does what a good, um, I hate to use these these terms, but what a good quote unquote magic system should do, <laughs> which is, in my opinion, enhance the themes of the story mm. and the heart of the story, um, which you know a lot of other fantasy writers are more about the magic system as a thing in itself. But I'm on the other side where I'm more about the story and the magic enhances it. Um, not that it's not important, but. D- what this is a question I can ask that might get more into how it has shaped you. Yes, please. Um, do you want to explain, um, Tim's dad's suggestions and like, what were your, cause this is a movie after I saw it, I ruminated on it a lot because of, yeah. um, did that happen for you when so, you first saw it? Oh, man, I, I, it's really hard for me to remember the first time I saw it. Um, but yes, I, every time I think about the So the, the very end of this movie, um, there is, well, towards the end of the movie, there's a scene where um, Tim's dad says, 
they're sitting in the study um, where Tim first learned about time travel. And his dad says, do you want me to tell you the real kicker? Like, he's like, you got, is there something else? He's like, you know, much, you know, much less, um, you know, dr- dr- dramatic, but far more important. Um, it's like, do you want me to tell you that? Or do you want me to have you, do you want to find out by your own? It's like, well, tell me. It's like, like, and then, then it does a voiceover. Um, and you're like, oh no, he's not actually going to tell you, but th- they actually do. Um, in the voiceover is like, and then my dad told me that, uh, and this movie also does voiceovers and it, and it feels right. Mm. Again, so many things this movie does. Um, and then my dad told me that, um, to live every day normally. And then at the end of the day, go back and relive the same day in the same way, but just pay attention. And I'm getting a little bit emotional about this to like the small details. And so it ends. The movie almost ends toward, towards the end with, Tim doing this on a day he's, he's in bed talking with his wife. She's like, Oh, how was your day? He said, it was bad. It, was, it wasn't a good day. And then he's like, Hey, will you actually excuse me for a moment? He goes and like takes care of the kids. And then he's like, walk about to walk back into bed. And he's like, no, like I don't have my dad anymore. I've lost my dad. Like, why don't I see if I can live out his advice? So he goes into, at this point, he's good enough at this. that he just does it in the hallway. Like he has gained, like his time traveling skills have improved. Um, when he goes back and he relives the exact same day, um, you know, where it was a, he's a lawyer. Um, and he just like does these small little differences. Like as they're the, the boss is saying something mean to his coworker, Rory, who's just a great (laughs) additional character in this show, in this movie. Um, like he flips his little notepad around and it says, oof, like, you know, he's a, you know, and like <laughs> as they're running through the courthouse, he just takes a moment and just like turns around. It's like, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. Like he orders something else when he goes and gets his sandwich. Um, and he comes back to bed and the lights, you know, the lights are about to go off and she's like, oh, like it actually wasn't that bad of the day. He's like, no, it was actually really, it was a really great day. And like he realizes that just his, changing his perspective was enough to change the whole feel of the day. And then they make, they make it a little funny. Um, mm-hmm. But then at the very end of the movie, he says, um, I don't even go back and relive every day anymore. I just choose to live every day as if I came back in time specifically to relive this very day. Mm-hmm. And it is like it's really it's really impactful, um, and it's something every time I watch this movie, I'm like, man, I I want to live life that way because mm-hmm. it's it's not a rose colored glasses way of living life. It is a it, maybe some would, would argue it is, but it is just a way of looking at the beauty of life in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the challenge, and of being. So purposeful because whenever I think about like, Hey, if I had to go back, like what would I change and all these things? I think about all like the stupid things I've done and, you know, but this movie points to like, that's not the, that's not necessarily like that won't all of a sudden make you a different person. 
Mm. Um, what does it look like though, to be purposeful in coming back and to hear this from the voice of somebody who like in this, in this world and the way I watch movies is I try to just completely enter them. Like I am living into the world with that character. Like in this world, I'm learning from the only person living who actually has the experience to talk about (laughs) coming back and reliving a day on purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it meant a lot to me. Um, And I think about it every time I watch and rewatch this movie. And sometimes when I'm just like reminiscing in the movie, I'm like, Andrew, you brought yeah. up the question. What 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 does it make you think about it? Or what was your response to that? I mean, pretty much the same. I'm not sure I can add to it, I'd, uh, except maybe to try and define what the movie is talking about, uh, which is mindfulness. Uh, I guess like being present uh, in a moment and... Um, like one little detail that they showed when he was reliving the bad day um, is the cashier uh, at the store. Um, like she's like really friendly and helpful. And the first time he's just like, I oh, just takes his stuff and like storms out of the store. Um, and then the second time he's like really nice and like notices the cashier and they have a nice little exchange. Um, and I don't know. It's, I guess I'm just thinking of this now, but I feel like we, I feel like we're into mindfulness now. Like mindfulness is trendy now. Mm. Uh, like, you know, if you heard of the app headspace, it's like a meditation app. Mm. It's all about mindfulness and, um, and yet social media is like, <laughs> the anti-mindfulness um, because instead of being present in the moment and enjoying it, you take out your phone and record a video oh, and man. post it. Mm. And like, I don't think that social media is, is evil, but I think that we're definitely, a, a lot of us are addicted to it and mm. it has addictive properties and it really distracts us from life. Uh, and this movie, when was it made? It was, um, it was over 10 years ago. It was 2013, 2013, right? Yeah. So I guess Facebook was, was around then. Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, today I think it's social media is at a whole Mm -hmm. nother level. Um, but, you know, I think that's been a problem for humans for a long time. Uh, and, and that's like mindfulness kind of draws on like, I've, I'm really not an expert. This <laughs> Mostly I've learned most of this from like headspace and stuff. It, it draws on like Buddhist meditation practices and things like that. Um, and about just being like present in the moment, like feeling the chair in while you're meditating and noticing your body and that kind of thing. And, and social media just takes us out of our body um, Mm. and out of our mind. And we can, we can find it any minute in our pocket, but, but this movie um, really pushes the, the viewer, I think, to 
be mindful. Mm, um, slow down. Yeah. We've lost the ability to be bored. You no longer have to be bored yeah. again, like anymore. And that's actually, mm-hmm. I think there are real negative ramifications of that. Um, yeah. And challenges to creativity and to like life expectancy <laughs> and to rest. Um, sleep. I've been thinking about sleep a lot mm. and um, I forget where I, I read. This. It was some scientist who was saying that um, like sleep deprivation is like the biggest public health crisis in America right now that no one really talks about um, <clears throat> just because you know, screens are horrible for sleep mm. uh, and we really need to sleep. Um but there is actually a student from the college, which we have never named. Uh, as a freshman, I guess I remember reading it. it might've been a year or two ago. They had like a grant to do a study on boredom. And so this student sat in a classroom and like watched paint dry, uh, watched a movie in slow motion, like purposefully made himself bored mm-hmm. to, and then studied its effects. Um, <clears throat> and I remember he said something like, boredom is is like pain um it's it's kind of like a mental pain but it is not it's not like a bad pain um because it's sort of like the pain you feel when you work out or something Hmm. because boredom can lead to creativity boredom leads you know if you have nothing else to do you pick up the pen and you write or you draw or you do something Mm -hmm. creative or go for a run, whatever, um, boredom can be a, Mm. something that leads to more life. This sounds like another episode we're diving into and I've got a book for us (laughs) to talk about around it. Um, okay. We'll get there. Um, Andre, can we talk about uncle Desmond? Oh yes. So, so there are a lot of extra characters in this movie that are multi-dimensional and, aren't brought up once and then ignored. Um, and one of the characters who's definitely a tertiary character is uncle Desmond. Uncle Desmond is always wearing a three piece suit dressed to the nines. He is, there's nothing going on in his head. Um, it's kind of the, he's just always there and always smiling and he's just uncle Desmond. Um, that's Mm -hmm. what they say. Uh, and he's just smiling and there's just so many great interactions with him. Like when Tim and Mary share that they're, um, going to get married. Um, he said, Oh, wonderful. Like, who are you getting married to? Um, <laughs> Tim's like, well, Mary. And he's like, Oh, good. Like how, how awkward would that be if it was somebody else? Uh, and then right afterwards they say, and it's going to be soon because we're also pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. And he says, oh, wonderful. And he looks to Mary and says, who's the father? And he's like, well, <laughs> Tim, Tim, I hope. Like, oh, wonderful. <laughs> like, it'd be jolly awkward for someone else. Uh, like the exact same joke. Uh, yeah. But it's like not a joke, but it also kind of is. Um, mm-hmm. And there, and it's like these small things in the movie, like just, just give me joy. Um, and they're something that I, I, I don't like watching things to be scared or angry or annoyed or frustrated or mad. Um, 
which definitely gets rid of a lot of great movies. But I love feeling joy and laughter. I love feeling sorrow, especially when it like is, um, like like is really looked at, and then if there's a space for joy to come out of the sorrow. Um, and so there's the moment when Tim and Mary are mar- get married, which is just an amazing <laughs> scene as a whole. Maybe we'll talk about it. Um, where Tim is trying to figure out who's going to be his best man. And he walks through his friend Rory and then the playwright he lives with and then Dodgy J, um, all of whom like you just hear the um, because he like, has one of them do the do the best man toast and they're terrible. And so he then tries the next one and it's terrible. And then he tries the next one and it's terrible. And so you end up choosing his dad to do the, the best man toast. Um, and you get to hear the beginning of all of them and you hear the, the dads and, and then afterwards there's a scene where he, he's talking with his dad and dad's like, like, I didn't like, I think I'm going to go do it again. He's like, no dad, I loved it. It was great. It's like, I didn't say I love you. Like, he's like, no, you implied it though. He's like, this isn't a day where I'm, impl- you know, implying is okay. And he's like, no, you really don't have to. He's like, I'm going to do whatever I want to young man. <laughs> and so then you see the best mantos again. And it's like the fifth time you've seen this best mantos um, all within like three minutes. And he says, Bill and I says, they've only loved three men in my life. My dad was, you know, terrible out of the picture. Um, so um, uncle Desmond, um, um, a really famous musician who I can't remember. Um, and, and this, this young man here, you know, my son, Tim, um, and he also shares like that, you know, there's, there's only only one thing I'd recommend to anybody here, marry someone kind. Um, and, and this man is, Tim is a kind man. Um, and so you kind of see uncle Desmond behind Tim and Mary in this scene, but I don't know if you've even noticed that. Hunter, when you were first watching, because it's it's like he's there, but he's not mm-hmm. the focus on it. It's there is not the, it's their wedding. It's um, and so then you see him again, um, on the day he finds out that um, Tim's father, it was like his what brother-in-law, is mm-hmm. um, gonna die in weeks of of cancer, and Tim has this moment with with Uncle Desmond where uncle Desmond impeccably dressed um, says to Tim, he's like the, the day your father told me he loved me was the best day of my life. So this is probably the worst. Hmm. And it just, you can't see my motion, but it's like, it just like <laughs> hits your soul. Um, and it is beautiful. I'm getting teary. I was thinking about it. It's, I wasn't here when I was watching it most recently, but I was also watching it by myself. My wife was jealous about that. So I'll probably watch it again the next week or two. Um, but it's just, this movie feeds you. It just keeps feeding you. And like, even, yeah. So, sorry. Anything. What, what, how about Uncle Desmond for you? I, I, I was like, can I start talking about Kitty Cat and you know all, all the other characters? Yeah, I, I think you. I don't think I could do Uncle Desmond any more honor than you have <laughs> already. Um, 
<laughs> I, there is a scene. I have some notes. I didn't. Go I didn't live it. text it to you. I did live. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> go for it. There's some. Okay. Which scenes are you going to choose? Uh, well, <laughs> the, I just wrote a quote. How does this dress make me look? Oh my goodness! So because there's, yeah, that that scene where uh, Mary is trying on different dresses, and she has like some important party meeting. She's thing. meeting she, with she's, the editor and the author of a book. She's a, she's a, um, um, a an editor. She works at an editor company, so she reads books for a living. Yeah, um, yeah, which is a whole funny scene in and of itself. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so she's got and, a fancy thing going on. Yeah, she's got a fancy thing. And she she shows uh, Tim dresses. And he's just like, I, you know, that one looks fun. And then and she keeps coming in with different dresses. And then eventually ends up. Yeah, it's too lumpy. It's whatever. And then she comes back in with this same dress that the first dress that she showed him. <laughs> She's wearing the last dress and she says, Oh, what do you think about the first dress? He's like, Oh, the one that was lumpy and that we didn't like the one that's actually not lumpy. And we do like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which just like, I think it encompasses a lot of, uh, relationships and, and how that works. Cause like, I, I, I love, the way my wife looks, no matter what she wears, she has impeccable taste. Uh, and so she'll ask me about something. And I'll be like, I mean, that looks amazing. You look amazing. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> so it's like... <laughs> uh, At one point, she comes in wearing a different dress that's the same color. She's like, what do you think about this one? He's like, trick question. It's the same dress. <laughs> she said, No. <laughs> Yeah, she comes in with another one that's got the high heel. I I I quoted that scene to my wife the other day because we were mm -hmm. she was trying on dresses for a wedding. Oh, <laughs> like last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 an eternal question. It's <laughs> uh, yeah. that is an amazing scene, and and like the it shows real relational scenes or like the first time, yeah. the first night they like meet. Um, and you know, or, I don't know. There's so many things. Sorry, go for it. What, what else? What else? What else were you designing list? Um, well, there was, there was sort of the turn of the movie, um, where I was like, okay, he's together with Rachel McAdams now. So like, where's the movie going to go? And then the parents come, um, and so I was like, oh, how to add conflict? Parents. Um, <laughs> which, and of course, it's, it's very funny. That is the well. funniest scene. The first time I listened to that scene, and I'm not going to say it on this because it's probably on the more uncomfortable ones, inappropriate pieces. Yeah. There's a specific moment that <laughs> I remember the first time I watched it. And then I remember the first time I watched it with my parents, like, which was after that. Like, like a vocal laugh, like just like a, like a guffaw, like a what? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's something that uh, Tim says. That's just, mm -hmm. 
After Maria says something. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then, um, and that's okay. You know, I, you know, they are fine, I guess. And then, and then it's like, okay, so how to add conflict now? First love. And this is when Charlotte mm-hmm. comes back in his Margot Robbie's character. And he like goes, to, <laughs> he, he goes to say hi to her. They, they see each other at some play. Um, and, and Tim is there with his lawyer friend because Rory. Yeah. Because Mary was really tired and she doesn't like shows. Couldn't go. Yeah. And so he sees her, he like goes to say hi and he totally fumbles it. Uh, he tries like three different times and then, and then at the end he's just like, (laughs) he's like, Oh yeah, that's my friend. And his, his friend is like, Oh, let's, why don't you go say hi? And he's like, no, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not going <laughs> to, uh, and that, but then like she sees him later on and outside the theater and she like invites him to dinner and she's like, Oh, let's catch up, whatever. And, and this, my whole, I wrote down, thanks. I hate it the whole time this was happening because I was like, Oh, I just, I don't want to be the, I don't want the cheating thing. And, and there's a moment where she like leads him up to his room mm-hmm. uh, or her room, uh, whatever. And so there's a moment where he could have, you don't know slept with as, her the, as the then, watcher, you're like, yeah, what is he going to decide? Is he going to decide to sleep with this first love or yeah. not? And then undo it. Yeah. Or is he going to sleep? So, and then undo it? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then he just, he runs away and, um, goes and proposes to Mary. So uh, that was, that was nice. Like goes and proposes, um, like wakes her up. Like, and like, like, hey, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Will yeah. You, she's, Mary, really will you marry me? she's like, uh, he's like, well, that didn't go right. So he goes back in time to the theater again <laughs> and gets the live band to play music in the background of yeah. the proposal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very it's very funny. Um, he can try and travel. He can time travel. And yet so many yeah. times he forgets that he can time travel. And like he mm-hmm. doesn't need to like run. Like he doesn't need to like Yeah. All these but like he it is something that is part of who he is, but it isn't the definition of who he is. Mm-hmm. And it's it's I think that's one of the things I love about it. Like yeah. it's exactly what you were saying earlier. Like the the magic system, like enhances the theme, right? Are there are there any aspects of this movie that you are are not as enthusiastic about, or is there a better question we could ask? Yeah, no. Um, this movie does a lot of things. And that's actually one of the reasons why I think it's a really good movie to discuss. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not a movie that has gotten like much voice in the United States, even though mm. I don't think you can find a better rom-com out there. Like maybe Hitch, um, which is one of my other <laughs> top favorites, but it's just a completely These are different the thing. two rom-coms I've seen, I think, that I remember seeing. I've do seen you like Hitch rom-coms? On... No. Okay. Uh, I do not seek them out. Okay. Uh, I've seen a lot of period romances 
uh, mostly like Jane Austen or Thomas Hardy or um, Bronte sister adaptions, but um, <clears throat> not really modern rom-coms. No. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think so. Cause I, I love rom-coms. Um, you don't. Yeah. And so I was like, huh, I wonder what Hunter will think about this. I'm sorry to talk about that. Um, there, I, I could see an, a really like an argument made for like this movie is doing too many things. There's too many like side plots happening. But what makes me enjoy this movie is that it feels like watching somebody's life, but the husband can travel in time in his own live stream. Mm. And like he, like there's a scene where like, because the sisters, he couldn't go back in time all the way to like undo everything. Like he decides not to go back in time at all to even like prevent his sister from getting in the car accident. Um, And instead him and his wife just sit at her bedside in the hospital until she says, I need to make changes because he can't fix her life. He tries, he tries. Um, yeah. I, it is, I wish that this movie had brought in the, like, I, I thought, I think it'd be really, would have been really cool to see Rachel McAdams, like join him in time traveling. Mm. Um, but I think at that point, all of a sudden, there's just a lot more moral and ethical questions that come up. And like, if you yeah. find out your spouse can travel in time, like, what is that? Like, what have they chosen? Like, do you, do they actually love you? And all those like stupid things that come up in these, in any you know movie that has this type of thing going on. Um, I could not have made this movie. Um, and when I talk with people about it, it makes me enjoy it more. Um, mm-hmm. And I, to me, I've, we've talked about enough things and I've been in different book clubs and I've been in a lot of, lot of classes for many, many years talking about tons of books and articles and movies and what, what have you. And I found that the best books and movies and, and stories, the best stories when you talk about them, they become better. Even if you don't like them, talking about them will make them better, will make you learn more, will make you want to dive into them more. Mm. Um, and I think many of our best episodes reflect not our ability to talk about something, but the quality of the literature we talk about or the story, yeah. the storyteller we're talk, like, think, thinking about. And there are a lot of movies that I enjoy that I wouldn't bring to this podcast or I'd bring to like, you know, a half a podcast or like a, you know, <laughs> one of our, um, grab bags, grab bag episodes. But this to me was, and is strong enough on its own to be a full episode. And, and maybe, and maybe this is kind of the way I'm maybe starting to think about things like, I would love to be in a class that talks about this movie like for a semester or like, or, you know, mm. or for like at least a couple of weeks um, because I yeah. think there's so many things that you can look into um, as far as different characters, as far as different scenes. Um, how about you? Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, 
<clears throat> I'm sorry. You can sorry. Decide. I was just gonna say, like, it's it's like a really good film. Like we mentioned the the subway montage and how seamless it is because they're in a scene where time is progressing normally, and they go into the subway and then it sort of pans around and it's like a single shot and it comes back to the next day or whatever. And then it goes weeks and it's just this montage and the music starts and it is absolutely seamless. Like it, it was, it was pretty impressive just <laughs> how they pulled that off. Um, and it's totally understandable and very watchable. Like it's amazing. There's so much going on. Like when we start, we started talking about it, we realized how much is going on in this movie. Um, and we make it sound really complicated, but it also feels like a rom-com <laughs> it, and it's like fun and easy to watch. And, um, and, but it's more than that. Um, as far as like things that I am not as crazy about, I guess, I, I think they're more just maybe not specifically the movie, but just like general rom-com things okay. where like the two people are like, impossibly beautiful and attractive and handsome. Like he's, he's not like, I guess he, Tim is not super handsome, but he's like very charming, you know, and like disarming, super nice guy. Yeah. And yeah. And Rachel McAdams is, is just like perfect. Um, and it's like, that's the rom-com thing, you know? Um, and I guess also just like, expectations that this movie might give for sex and relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is also a rom-com thing. And I think it like, because like the sex scenes are not that bad, like compared to what we have today. I'm actually thinking the R rating might be more due to language than any of the other scenes. Maybe. Um, But like like the whole scene where he and Rachel McAdams like first connect yes. yeah. is very funny and very well done, but it's also like very unrealistic mm-hmm. and can give you wrong expectations. And yep. but you know that's a rom com thing, and, and it's you know, but yeah, but you know the movie is not really focused. Like that's only halfway through the movie, so. And it's the movie much more uh, their relationship is not about like being physically attracted to each other. It's about their emotional connection and how they treat each other um, mm-hmm. more than anything. And about else, being parents together good. and like being yeah. in a family, <laughs> like, and the, the challenge is like, Hey, how do I love my sister and my sister-in-law, you know? And yeah, and, this movie it's, this is kind of your response to help me think like if this movie was a different genre, if I was expecting like, a different type of movie, like if I was expecting more of like a, a you know, I don't know, a, a Jane, drama. Yeah. Yeah. A drama or like it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't maybe stand up as much, but mm-hmm. the expectation for a romantic comedy, like this does it. It checks the boxes, but it it says this is like not the. 
I wish all romantic comedies were like these, this, <laughs> um, yeah, because it's just, it's a, we've, we've talked about this before in this, this podcast. Like there are some things that are, that are great, uh, that stories and storytellers that I love that are like dessert. Um, <laughs> and, and one of the things I look for in movies, honestly, is dessert. Um, like just, mm-hmm. there's enough challenges going on in life. Like I don't like diving into the whole, like, like let's feel, you know, so many emotions and all these things about it. Like, obviously this has a lot of emotions, but, um, this movie, you might have an expectation of dessert, but it gives you a full course meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it does it backwards. It starts with the dessert. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it starts with this piece. And then all of a sudden you meet, um, Tim's dad's friend from college. <laughs> who's just this jerk playwright. And oh uh, yeah. And he's great. He's amazing. And then you like meet Rory and you meet, you know, all these other characters, and you're like, oh my goodness, like the you know, the best friends, like it's and then we've talked about then they, they get together and you're like, oh awesome, like they did it. And then their wedding is beautiful and it's a catastrophe like there's like a full-on hurricane that happens during their wedding Mm -hmm. and like the tent is ripped and they have to go inside and it's like this is what life is like like even though this didn't happen at my wedding like something not all too dissimilar from it did (laughs) and (laughs) and you know he very tim very much specifically asked mary like hey do you want if you had to choose like would you want to do it differently. And she says, no, I, I would never want to like, like this is perfect. Um, and then there's an, is a scene where he's interacting with Charlotte, uh, Margot Robbie's character. And she says like, like right towards like um, the second time they meet up again. And she said, what if, you know, sometimes I wonder if like, you know, we could go back and relive that time, whether we should have done it differently. And you're watching as a, you know, as a watcher, you're like, yeah, he already tried that. And like, um and and then they're on the train like it just i there are some things that i don't think we can relate to because we're americans and we just don't have that same experience of using trains as like go-to transportation to and from uh you know i wish we did in the united states yeah like there's some real great benefits that um every part of this movie i i i've seen this movie enough times to know it. And you've probably heard that um, in this episode, but I've also seen it enough times to know it. Mm. Uh, And I like to think that I have enough, like kind of filters of what like is like makes its way into my heart. Um, (laughs) And, and yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I don't like, I don't love all of the, the tropes in our, in, in romantic comedies and in, in our society of what like a relate healthy relationship should look like. Um, and what a physical relate physical aspect of relationship should look like. And, you know, all of these other things, but like, I think there are very few movies that do a better job of showing what a loving relationship looks like and not just a husband and wife, Mm-hmm. but also like parents and son, like father and son and mother and kids and brother and sister 
and sister and sister-in-law, you know, and friend, like it, it, an uncle. And like, it, it brings all of the, the, these relations and somehow just tells the story in a way that feels like your family and it's good, mm-hmm. to, you know, it's joys and it's pains. Um, and, and, de- and like, maybe gives a little bit of the twist of if just feeling more of the joy mm-hmm. um, because it's, that's the theme that it comes back to. So I now live every day purposely. He's like, I don't even travel at the end of the movie. He says, I don't travel back in time anymore. I just live every day as if I'd purposely traveled back in time to this particular day. Hmm. So I have a question that we can do serious and sort of silly. Um, Like this movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Which is, if you could go back and change something significant in your life, uh, time travel, change what you did or said or whatever. Uh, what would it be? So I have a pretty quick answer to this one because I've thought about this a lot. Um, do you mind if I jump in? With it? Uh, I, so I've got a fun answer and then maybe a more serious one. Um, my fun answer is, I would go back to the college that should not be named um, and do it over again, but switch my major, switch like what musical groups I was in, try out different sports, Mm. like try it all differently. Um, not with the hope of like, like wanting the same <laughs> friends, right? the same major friends. Um, but wanting to, I feel like there are so many oh, things yeah. in college that I wanted to try out. Like I never played rugby, but I really wanted to play rugby. And I think I would have had so much fun playing rugby. Yes. I would have got a concussion or two. Maybe it would have broken had... your ability to time travel. You got a concussion. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, or like try crew, um, even though I would have hated that. Um, or do more um, classics courses, not be an economics major, you know, try out sociology. I still wouldn't touch hard science, but, um, you know, try out living in one of the different residence halls or, you know, all be in the jazz, the jazz ensemble instead of the orchestra. Not because I didn't enjoy any of those things. I actually really, really love them. And I'm so glad I made the decisions I made. Um, you know, study abroad in a different place, but just cause I wanted to, like, I think I could have had another full experience and come away with a different background. Mm. Um, and then my somewhat deeper one is, and I couldn't do this at this point anymore cause I've got a baby. Um, and this is maybe too deep. Um, I, um, my brother passed away when I was pretty young. Mm. Um, and I don't, like have almost any memories of him. Um, and 
you know, I've heard reasons of why that would be the case. I wasn't, I wasn't super, I wasn't young enough that I shouldn't have memories. If that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I think I would go back and just try to experience being life, like doing life mm. as a, as a full family. Um, and I, um, I don't think we could have undone because it was a, yeah, but uh, just be with the family and, yeah. and uh, gain more memories and just the, the, mm. the, the beauties and pains of, of being in the family of five. Yeah. It's a good answer. Two good answers. I've had some time <laughs> to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Hunter, where, where would you focus? Uh, actually, I would go back to college as well. Um, okay. My somewhat, somewhat frivolous one. I, I wouldn't want to change who I met and the friends I made. Um, I might try to double major in Chinese and computer science. Nice. Because it is so hard to get a computer science job without a computer science degree. Mm. Um so I would have loved to have that degree knowing that I am, I like computer science enough now um, to do it as a job. Um, but, you know, then I wouldn't take the other classes that I took probably, you know, but, you know, if I could retain those experiences and go back in time and do the computer science major, you know, that would be good. Uh and I think I would also, somewhat more serious, I would be less stubborn about certain things. Uh, I feel like there are certain decisions that I made um, that even if I was right, I don't think I would have acted the same way that mm. I did about them. Um, yeah. You know, some about that happened about the stuff that happened between us at college uh, and, uh, you know, stuff that happened with the Christian fellowship in college too. Um, all kind of mixed up there and, and just, just be, just be less uh, worried about everything. Uh, and trying to control everything. Um, is there other, real quick, I think, before we end, is there any, if, if the, you could go back to an episode of the podcast and say something different or add something, would you? Um, I have a ready answer if you... Go for it. Okay. I would go back to the last Jedi podcast and say the thing that I wanted to say from the beginning about the last Jedi, probably the most important thing, which is that I made a new year's resolution. Uh, I don't know if it was directly after the year I watched, I saw the last Jedi or whatever, uh, but it was pretty soon after. And it was prompted by the discussion about the last Jedi. Um, <clears throat> and I made a resolution to find things to love find mm. media and art to love rather than find things 
to hate or critique. Um, and it is easy to find something to critique uh, for me. Um, and I think I'm not alone in that, but, um, <laughs> but it, it's harder to find something to love, but ultimately it's more worth it. Uh, and, and I think this podcast has benefit, benefited from that in that the things that our best conversations about are about things that we love. Um, and you get more out of them and, uh, <laughs> it has made my life so much better. Um, I mean, right. the things that I don't like still inform what I love, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, uh, much more fulfilling. I think there are probably a few episodes I would go back and try to prepare more for. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that the, maybe the main thing I would do, and maybe we can do this. I don't know, is go back to the first episode. Um, you know, get the name right. Um, I mean, we can change it if we want to, but, uh, clarify in that first episode that, this is a podcast about stories and storytellers that shape us. And so we're going to be talking about different stories and storytellers throughout each episode. And yes, there'll be some things that track from episode to episode as far as stories we might go back to. Mm -hmm. But this should be a create your own adventure as <laughs> a listener. Um, mm -hmm. chose the episodes that sound interesting because you've watched or read or listened to it or choose the ones that are so out of your you know, level of interest and comfort zone. I've done that continually on this episode, on this podcast. Mm. Um, we have very different interests, um, even though we <laughs> yeah. are very pretty similar and we also have very different personalities, even though we're <laughs> pretty, like we come to the same group conclusions. Um, yeah. But this isn't an epi This is not a podcast that necessitates listening to episode one before you listen to episode fifteen. Yeah, and so really wanting to make sure our, our listeners know that and giving them the freedom to try different things out. And um, if you don't like an episode, stop it. Check out a different episode. There's all sorts of things. You think your <laughs> a voice is missing? Reach out to us. Let us know. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think we communicated that super well in the first episode cause we're still trying to figure it out. Um, yeah. but it's one of my favorite things about this podcast. Yeah. Andre, I've got two series of quotes to end okay. this, this podcast. Um, I was looking for the quotes from. Tim's dad, um, like his best man speech, couldn't find that, but that's okay. So I'm going to read the voiceovers from Tim at the very beginning of the movie and then the voiceovers at the very end. Okay. And in the end, I think I've learned the final lesson from my travels in time. And I've even gone one step further than my father did. The truth is, 
I now don't travel back at all. Not even for the day. I just try to live every day as if I've deliberately come back to this one day to enjoy it as if it was the final day of my extraordinary, ordinary life. We're all traveling through time together every day of our lives. All we can do is do our best to relish this remarkable ride. I just was like, oh my goodness. One of my favorite things about this this movie, I, I love my sister. And so I think from mm-hmm. the very beginning of the movie, it's like the the love of a brother and a sister. Yeah. It's like that's foreshadows yeah. so much. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you, Hunter. Thank you for, for listening, watching this movie. Thank you for inviting yeah. him into it. And Yeah, it's, it's we really like watching things together. Um, and and this is a great movie to watch as a couple. Um, it's you know I like I said I don't lo- I don't really watch a lot of rom coms. I have seen a fair amount of romances uh, with some comedy in them, um, but not you know rom coms. But I I would not have known about this movie, and I'm so glad that you. Uh, told me to watch it uh, and I hope listeners uh, go and watch it um, I would love that I, I this is probably on my top two or three movies to recommend and we've already yeah, talked it, about History of Future Folk which is another one I love <laughs> um, but this is like a, a movie that I think everybody will enjoy yeah it's 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 fun it's uh, it's We've already said yeah. everything we need to say, I think. So, you know what that is? It's about time. Just go watch it. Yeah. If you like it, <laughs> turn off the TV and do it. Zoom. Haven't done that in a while. Come on and zoom. Start zoom. Come on and zoom. 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 Z